shoebox is still going on. So if you have not brought anything for the shoeboxes, I had someone today to bring a shoebox, which was great, and some money to ship it with. So, uh, so if you have any of that stuff, please bring it on. Also, for the month of April, we are doing shower items. So anything that is non-liquid shower items, please bring that. And if you're working ahead, then May will be anything rainbow colored. So crayons specifically, crayons, uh, colored pencils, markers, and, and coloring books is what we're going for. And uh, probably the ones that are a little bit smaller, like the smaller activity books, are a little bit better because the really big fat ones, it's hard to get them into the into the shoebox. So just making mention, if you have a bunch of those big fat ones and that's what you want to bring, no worries. And uh, if you do it, we're, we're still thankful. But the other ones fit better. So rainbow items for the month of May because April showers bring rainbows. Yes. So next, not next week, but the following Sunday is Mother's Day. No, excuse me. First Sunday meal. Bless my heart. I'm way ahead. Uh, first Sunday meal, we will we will be planning to have first Sunday meal. If you're not here today, but if you're watching, we'd like for you to be here for first Sunday meal. Everyone who's here today, please bring someone with you to first Sunday meal. And then the following Sunday is Mother's Day. That's there we go. And uh, we have we have volunteered someone who is technologically savvy to uh, make a little video so we we asked people last week to make a, a short video 30 seconds or less of some great advice your mom told you something that was special about your mom your best memory of your mom or if you have no great memories and your mom didn't tell you anything special then um what you know your your best memory of being a mom so <laughs> that's i'm sure that you have something good but um please do please do record that we'd like to share it on Mother's Day, you know, have a little special video for, for the moms. So keep those things in mind. If there are any other announcements, we will let you know. Uh, yesterday, yesterday, Shane and I went to Burkdale uh, to, to have dinner, and our table, when we got to the place, it was about 25-minute wait, so we had to walk around a little bit. And I was walking, you know, I, it was a Saturday night, so I'm dressed up, you know, and I got my my big old high shoes on, and I, we're just strolling around, and all of a sudden, I took a big old trip. <laughs> yes, bless me. I mean, I stayed, I stayed standing, but I was like, whew. it was, it was rough, and I turned around and looked, and there was a rock in the way, and you ever do that, like you, you trip over something, and then you turn around and look really offended, like, what, why on earth did you rise up and, and get in my way? But the thing is, we should be walking circumspectly. Amen? So we should, <laughs> it is our responsibility to be looking around for those things because we're not ignorant of the devil's devices. There, We know that there are things that can trip us up, and we should be on the lookout because he's not going to rest. Amen? Let's stand this morning and go to the Lord in prayer. Ask him to have his will in this service. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful to you because you are good. Lord, we lift you up and we praise your holy name. You are wonderful and high and glorious and beyond all things that we can think or imagine. God, we are so grateful for who and what you are. God, we thank you that you walk with us, that you walk beside us at all times. God, no matter what we're going through, no matter what season we are in, but we know that you are present and always 
ready to help in times of trouble. Father God, I ask you now that you would have your will in your way in each and every life. God, I pray that you would just touch each life that has come today. There is no one who is here by accident. God, you know the burdens, the pains, the cares that we've brought in with us today. And I ask that you would just lift those burdens according to your will today. God, speak to us from your word. Speak to us through the worship. God, speak to us in every single part of this service that you be magnified, glorified, and lifted up. We thank you. We praise you for all that you do and all that you are. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. When all I see is the battle, you see my victory. When all I see is the mountain, you see a mountain move. And as I walk through the shadow, your love surrounds me. There's nothing to fear now, for I am safe with you. So when I fight, I'll fight on my knees, with my hands lifted high. Oh God, the battle belongs to you, and every fear I lay at your feet, I'll sing through the night. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. And if you are for me, who can be against me? For Jesus, there's nothing impossible for you. When all I see are the ashes, you see the beauty. When all I see is the cross, God, you see the empty tomb. So when I fight, I'll fight on my knees with my hands lifted high. Oh God, the battle belongs to you And every fear I lay at your feet I'll sing through the night Oh God, the battle belongs to you Sing Almighty Fortress Almighty Fortress You go before us Nothing can stand against the power of our God. You shine in the shadows. You win every battle. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. Almighty fortress, you go before us. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. You the shadow you win every battle 
nothing can stand against the power of our God. One more time. Almighty fortress, you go before us. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. You shine in the shadows. You win every battle. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. So when I fight, I fight on my knees. When my hands lifted high, oh God, the battle belongs to you. And every fear I lay at your feet, I'll sing to the night. Oh, God, the battle belongs to you. Oh, God, the battle belongs to you. Praise your name, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise your holy name. Praise your holy name, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All things are possible when we believe. All chains are breakable when we receive Yahweh. You keep your promises. If you said it, we believe it. If you said it, Lord, if you said it, we believe it. If you said it, we believe it. Cause you're a man of your word. And if you said it, we believe it. Lord, if you said it, we believe it. Cause you're a man of your word. All things are possible. All things are possible when we believe. All chains are breakable when we receive Yahweh. You keep your promises. If you said it, we believe it. If you said it, Lord, if you said it, we believe it. And if you said it, we believe it. Cause you're a man of your word And if you said it, we believe it And if you said it, we believe it You're a man of your word We have these promises We have these promises That you finish what you've started My God, you have never failed won't start with me you're present in every step and patient in every heartache my god you have never failed you won't start with me you won't start with me because you're 
you're a man of your word and if you said it we believe it Lord if you said it we believe it you're a man of your word if you said it we believe it Lord if you said it we believe it you're a man of your word we have these promises we have these promises that you'll finish what you've started my god you have never failed you won't start with me you're present in every step and patient in every heartache my god you have never failed you won't start with me you're a man of your word so if you said it you believe it lord if you said it we'll believe it because you're a man of your word and if you said it we'll believe it lord if you said it we believe it you're a man of your word thank you jesus thank you jesus The weapon may be formed, but it won't prosper. When the darkness falls, it won't prevail. Because the God I serve knows only how to triumph. My God will never fade. No, my God will never fade. I'm gonna see your victory. I'm gonna see your victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see your victory. I'm gonna see your victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. There's power in the mighty name of Jesus. Every war he wages, he will win. So I'm not backing down from any giant. Because I know how this story ends. Yes, I know how my story ends. That I'm gonna see your victory, I'm gonna see your victory, for the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see your victory, I'm gonna see your victory, 
for the battle belongs to you, Lord. Sing that again. I'm going to see your victory. I'm going to see your victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm going to see your victory. I'm going to see your victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. You take, you take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. That's happening right now. You take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. God, you turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. Claim that today. You take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good you turn it for good so i'm gonna see your victory i'm gonna see your victory for the battle belongs to you lord i'm gonna see your victory i'm gonna see your victory for the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm going to see your victory. I'm going to see your victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm going to see your victory. I'm going to see your victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. One more time, claim the promise. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. Oh. Give him praise this morning. We are victorious through him. Thank you, Jesus. Welcome to the Cornelius Church of God. We're glad to have all of you with us this morning, even if you're virtual. 
you're still with us this morning, and I appreciate you being here, turned in to us, and uh, hope that you enjoy our service as we go along. It's good to see our pastor back this morning. Does the old heart good. I appreciate him being here with us this morning, and I hope he'll continue to get better as it goes along. It's time to receive our tithe and offering. As Jennifer said, thank you for what you've done for helping us with the uh, air conditioning, heat, whatever it is that you'll that uh, it'll work and it. Hallelujah! It's good to have things that work. Amen. I can say that about a lot of things, but I don't think I'll let Jennifer preach this morning. <laughs> Brother Wise, when you say blessing over the offering for us this morning. good to see everyone here this morning. It is good to have a preacher with us this morning. Welcome back. It's good to have you guys at home watching. So It is time now to receive uh, spoken requests. Gretchen. We will pray for Pop Pop. Brother Mike. Yes, sir. Rhonda. spoken anyone have any unspoken requests that says we take these to the Lord
If you will, it's time to fellowship.
Once again, that you are here if you're joining us virtually. Again, we are glad to. We're glad that you're virtual, and uh, we. But we'd like to see you live and in person. You know, bring in a bring in a mask. We'll stay away from you if you want us to. That's fine. We just want. We'll wave at you from a distance. Hello, hello. Because we do. We we miss you when you're not here. So, um, if y'all have not, if y'all have not been, and some of you probably have. But if you have not been, then I challenge you this week to text or call someone who hasn't been here and just tell them you miss them. Yeah, absolutely. Because, uh, again, if there, I'm sure that there are some people who have been texting them, calling them, saying, hey, come on to church. But, but maybe one extra person will do the trick. Just saying, hey, y'all about to get some calls. <laughs> No, we are, it, and we are glad that you are that you are able that we have this technology to be able to be virtual. That it's a, such a blessing. Um, Brother Mike was saying last on Wednesday that uh, they were able to watch on Sunday. He said, "You know, it, I don't normally like that sort of thing, but it was it was all right. <laughs> so it is. It's a good thing to have. So we are glad that in this whew, goofy time we are able to have that. So last week." Oops, and Shane Williams asked how many pages we had. I'm not even going to tell y'all how many, but that's not the point. Um, <laughs> okay, the, the thing is, we talked last week that it was a thir- that it's 13 chapters in the book of Nehemiah. We're in Nehemiah, y'all. Uh, it it's 13 chapters, and if the series goes, you know, a service for each chapter, then I can't be splitting them up, y'all. You know. And it's like the end of the year, and maybe we're done. I don't know. <laughs> Again, those who those who are in my class on Wednesday nights, y'all know. Uh, so last week we began this new series. Can we build it? Yes, we can. We began talking about the life of Nehemiah, cupbearer to the king Artaxerxes of Persia. We see through his life the first steps necessary to build a new thing, or to rebuild an old thing. So I don't want us to to automatically assume that this is all about oh we got to go out and start a new project we got to start something we got to you know from scratch go ahead and, and get this going but this can be rebuilding an old thing something that has lain dormant in our lives something that has uh, caused discouragement because it just was not quite the right time and 
this is what happened with Nehemiah. They, they did use, and we'll see this later on in the series, not today necessarily, but they did use some of the, some of the things that ha- were already there. They used what was already established to build on to, and that's one of the things that we'll, we'll see. So the three things, the three points from last week, number one, passion. It will not happen for you until it matters to you. Number two, prayer. My first step must be to turn to God. And number three, position. Trust that where you are is where you're supposed to be. So we continue to glean lessons from the life and experience of Nehemiah and those around him. It is assumed that Nehemiah was from the house of Judah, lineage of David, since he was a foreigner with such a prestigious position in the king's court. We know that this happened when the Babylonian kings uh, took over and destroyed Judah and Jerusalem and took the captives back. The, the young men from the king's household were taken to the palace to be used as eunuchs and, uh, and satraps, and that's where... Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that's when they became um, prominent in the kingdom because they were assumed to be of the house and lineage of the king. So we see, again, that it's possible that Nehemiah was from this same lineage, which made him uh, a, a more prominent figure to be in the kingdom of the king of Persia. And the reason, just really quickly, the reason that it's Persia now and not Babylon is because we know in Daniel that the Babylonians had taken over. They had taken everyone into exile, but the, the uh, king Belteshazzar, and I saw the writing on the wall, and then the Medes and Persians came in and took over the kingdom at that point. So now that, this is why it's the Persians now instead of the Babylonians, but it's still technically the Babylonian kingdom just wanted to make mention for anyone who wasn't quite because sometimes when we're reading and we see the the way that everything's going in, in timeline it's like I get all mixed up so just wanted to mention that so King Artaxerxes that we see here in Nehemiah was likely the son of Xerxes or Ahasuerus the king who chose Esther to be his queen so most likely the king in this case was the stepson of Queen Esther. So it could be assumed that this king was lenient to the plight of the Jews because he had seen what had happened in his father's reign, that his father had had been lenient to the Jews and had allowed them to, uh, to fight back even though their enemies were trying to come against them. So starting in chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, and it came to pass in the month Nisan, in the twentieth year of Artaxerxes the king, that wine was before him, and I took up the wine and gave it unto the king. Now I had not been before time sad in his presence. Wherefore the king said unto me, Why is thy countenance sad, seeing that thou art not sick? This is nothing else but sorrow of heart. Then I was very sore afraid. So notice this. He starts out by saying, In the month Nisan. This is the end of March, beginning of April. This is the first month of the Jewish calendar. It is also, remember last week I said, make note of the month Chislu. Because this is approximately four months after Nehemiah initially reacted to the news that the gates of the city were torn down. So back in at the end of November, early December, 
he heard the news and he began praying and fasting Lord what are we going to do and now it is the month of Nisan the first month of the new year new beginnings and as he was serving the king Nehemiah was noticeably upset again notice this this seems to be the first time even even king artaxerxes mentions this you've never been sad before in my presence even four months ago when you first heard this news you didn't react like this so hmm what's going on well the king said you know you've never been sad before and this immediately caused nehemiah extreme anxiety because during the reign of his father Xerxes, no one who was in mourning was allowed to come into the presence of the king. We know this from the book of Esther, that if anyone was wearing sackcloth, they were not allowed even to be in the court of the king because he was considered so illustrious, so glorious, such a dazzling figure that if you came into his presence you would just forget all your troubles. Yes. It's, this was the assumption, considering Xerxes and his son Artaxerxes. But this, of course, only happens in the presence of one king, that we forget all our troubles. So it would not have been impossible to assume that Xerxes, or, excuse me, Artaxerxes could have cast Nehemiah out, but instead he showed concern. In verses 3 and 4, it says, And said unto the king, Let the king live forever. Why should not my countenance be sad when the city, the place of my father's sepulchers, lies waste, and the gates thereof are consumed with fire? Then the king said unto me, For what dost thou make request? So I prayed to the God of heaven. So Nehemiah admits that there's a problem. He could have plastered on a fake smile, which he had obviously done for about four months. But what would have been the result? He would have gotten nowhere. Instead, Nehemiah has the nerve to tell the king the cause of his despair, the the sepulchres of my fathers, the, the gates of the city where my ancestors were born they're torn down here he has spoken to the one who can help he did not air his plight to the untrustworthy or to those from whom he wanted sympathy he spoke to the man that could help him when the king asked nehemiah what he could do for him notice nehemiah's response very first thing he prayed So he's standing before the king. King says, what can I do for you? And instead of rattling off this entire list of things, the very first response of Nehemiah is prayer. We saw this last week, that he was a man of prayer. I believe it's 11 times within the book of Nehemiah we see specifically that Nehemiah was praying. And the first thing he does, we don't know what he prays for, wisdom, favor, an appropriate response to the king. We're not sure, but we can recognize this as Nehemiah's pattern, prayer first. Verses 5 through 8 say, And I said unto the king, If it please the king, and if thy servant have found favor in thy sight, that thou wouldest send me unto Judah, 
unto the city of my father's sepulchres, that I may build it. And the king said unto me, the queen also sitting beside him, For how long shall thy journey be? And when wilt thou return? So it pleased the king to send me, and I said him a time. Moreover, I said unto the king, If it please the king, let letters be given me to the governors beyond the river, that they may convey me over till I come into Judah. And a letter unto Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest, that he may give me timber to make beams for the gates of the palace, which appertained to the house for the wall of the city and for the house that I shall enter into. And the king granted me according to the good hand of my God upon me. So Nehemiah boldly states what it is that he wants, that he needs for his work to be accomplished. He wants, number one, a leave of absence. He says, if it please the king, please send me, not let me go, not I'm going to have to take off for a little while, but he's, he's still being very humble before the king. If it please the king to send me to this place, it's almost like it's the king's idea. If, if you think it's a good idea, king, you could possibly send me to the place I need to go. I, well, I, I, that's, that's a good skill to have, just saying, if you know how to work it that way. Um, y'all practice that. That's, that's a good thing to have. Although he had a goal, he knew his audience. He knew that he had to, to work it in such a way that the king would be amenable to his request. When he asked, when the king asked him, he established a, a time frame for his return. We don't know how long this time frame was, how long he expected to have to be there to get everything together, to talk to the people, to get the, the wall rebuilt. But we do know that he set a specific time. Well, he also asked for letters to be given to ensure safe passage to Judah by authority of the king, that in each area that he went to, that someone would go with him to assure a safe passage. Also, King, I'm going to need some timbers from the royal forest. Thanks. Beams for a gatehouse, beams to support the wall, and timbers for a house for Nehemiah. So he says, I'm going to need someone to cut down a bunch of your trees and send them to me in Judah. That'd be great, thanks. He was granted all of these things, plus, notice in verse 9 it says, Then I came to the governors beyond the river and gave them the king's letters. Now the king had sent captains of the army and horsemen with me. So not only did he receive every single thing that he requested, he also, the king, sent with him an armed guard to protect him even from the time he left Shushan in the palace all the way to where he got to the very first, uh, the very first province to, to give his letters of transit. So he was protected the whole way. It is noteworthy that these officers were sent to protect Nehemiah because in the book of Ezra, chapter 8, you don't have to turn there just if you're taking notes and you want to look back. In the book of Ezra, chapter 8, Ezra recounts the, the situation by which he left Persia. And he talks about the fact that he left with a certain number of people, a certain number of Levites, and that as they were crossing over, Ezra says, you know, we didn't ask for any protection from the king because 
we had uh, we had said so many times oh we believe that God's with us so we didn't want to look foolish in front of the king by asking for protection so Ezra didn't even ask for this Ezra refused to ask for protection but Nehemiah asked for it and received it hmm interesting so now we see that Nehemiah is heading home for the first time possibly ever verses 10 through 16 say when Sanballat the Horonite and Tobiah the servant the Ammonite heard of it it grieved them exceedingly that there was come a man to seek the welfare of the children of Israel so I came to Jerusalem and was there three days and I rose in the night I and some few men with me neither told I any man what my God had put in my heart to do at Jerusalem neither was there any beast with me save the beast that I rode upon and I went out by night by the gate of the valley even before the dragon well and to the dung port and viewed the walls of Jerusalem which were broken down and the gates thereof were consumed with fire then I went on to the to the gate of the fountain and to the king's pool but there was no place for the beast that was under me to pass then went I up in the night by the brook and viewed the wall and turned back and entered by the gate of the valley and so returned and the rulers knew not whither I went or what I did neither had I as yet told it to the Jews nor to the priests nor to the nobles nor to the rulers nor to the rest that did the work so he's heading home to a place where no one knows him this is again possibly the first time that he had ever been to Jerusalem to see the place of his ancestors Nehemiah was immediately met with opposition two officials Sanballat and Tobiah we will see them again were grieved exceedingly when they learned that someone had come to help the Jews it could not have helped that they were apparently Sanballat and Tobiah were some type of royal official or military leader who were out in the sticks kind of looking over the, the king's property out there at the edge of Judah and Jerusalem and here comes this palace employee with a royal guard and letters of transit from the king himself so it's possible we could assume that Sanballat and Tobiah were a bit envious of Nehemiah as he came to to help the the Jews like who is this guy he doesn't even know these people and he's and he's here trying to help them so there will be many times throughout the book of Nehemiah that, that we see them and hear all the ugly things they have to say. Bless. But after three days respite, Nehemiah begins working. It says that he left in the middle of the night, bringing only a few people along. This particular section mentions night three times, and we always talk about the fact that if a word is mentioned over and over and over again, it, it bears looking into so this word night means a twist so we see that we'll talk about that in just a second but but he goes out into the night and he says that the reason is because he had not yet shared his vision with anyone but just imagine what was happening in the mind of Nehemiah 
first time he'd ever been to Jerusalem. Well, certainly he had seen it in the daytime because he'd been there for three days, but this is the first time that he had inspected the walls to really see how bad everything was. He came into Jerusalem, the holy city, something that he had heard about from his father and grandfather and whomever had heard about the glory of the temple and how beautiful the walls of Jerusalem had been and the glory of, of Solomon's colonnade and everything that, that he had heard of. And he goes there and looks in the middle of the night. He chooses this time for his initial inspection. And this word twist, nighttime twist, it comes from an unused Hebrew word which implies a spiral staircase. And I just thought how quickly we can spiral down. When, we're, when it's nighttime and things are dark and things look really bad, how quickly things can get twisted and how we can just keep spiraling, spiraling down into, into sadness and depression and oppression. And it was this time that Nehemiah chose to go out. I don't know about you, but to me, sometimes things seem so much worse at night. That's why they said, don't, don't ever make a decision at night. You know, sleep on it, get up the next morning, it's going to, everything looks better in the morning. It, that's absolutely true because sometimes I, <laughs> and Shane knows, it's a thing, like, if it gets to a certain point at night, like, just don't, don't talk to me anymore because everything is just going to seem crazy. <laughs> It's, I'll admit that about myself. It's true. There was a certain point, I don't know, 11 o'clock maybe. After that, I'm, I'm tired to the point, and it's like I'm going to overreact about everything. So I, I'm, I'm on record right now with saying that this is true. But this happens sometimes. Our thoughts, our worries, the things that keep us up at night, they're not necessarily keeping us up in the daytime, right? They're keeping us up at night. And things are just looking worse and worse. So here Nehemiah approaches this impossible project, surveys the damage, and then what? Well, I guess it could have been easy for him to just pack up and go home. But we see at the end, verses 17 through 20, it says, Then said I unto them, Ye see the distress that we are in? How Jerusalem lieth waste, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Come, and let us build up the wall of Jerusalem, that we be no more a reproach. Then I told them of the hand of my God, which was good upon me, as also the king's words that he had spoken unto me. And they said, Let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for this good work. But when Sanballat the Horonite, and Tobiah the servant, and the Ammonite and Geshem the Arabian heard it they laughed us to scorn and despised us and said what is this thing that ye do will you rebel against the king then answered I them and said unto them the king of heaven he will prosper us therefore we his servants will arise and build but ye have no portion nor right nor memorial in Jerusalem so up to this point, he had not spoken with the officials about what his plan was, but he comes before them with honesty. He doesn't try to sugarcoat anything. Hey, guys, we can do this. Yes, we, no worries. You know, I've looked at everything. Not so bad. You know, a few patches here, a couple bricks there. 
we can we can do it no he gathers them together and he says hey y'all it's bad we all know that the distress that the people are in the awful condition of the walls y'all were living with it y'all know how bad this is y'all all know that you're a reproach to the people around you that everybody's looking at you feeling sorry for you because the walls are broken down we're not going to try to fool ourselves about how difficult this work is going to be so let us and notice he uses the word us in verse 17 let us rise up and build he said God has given me favor he has given me favor with the king in every step that I've taken the king has agreed I have everything that we need let's just do it I just need some workers he shared that he had received approval provisions but we do not see him begging them or cajoling them into anything trying to trick them oh come on guys we can let's come on guys yeah let's let's get behind this no he says you can either be continue to be a reproach to everyone around you or you can join with me and we can build together that'll be your choice if if y'all don't want to do it they'll right keep on like you are so perhaps his speech was so convincing or perhaps this had been the answer to their prayers either way their decision was to strengthen their hands for the work but as soon as the project was known abroad Sanballat, Tobiah and now they brought another friend with them Geshem the Arabian they began to ridicule and disparage the work and here Nehemiah attempts to shut down their derision by establishing a continuing trust that the project would succeed according to God's will so good start keep going key points to build there are three points they're, they don't start with peas this time because I felt like that would be too difficult to maintain. So <laughs> they all do start with R's, though. <laughs> Number one, research. God is a planner. He is. That's, that's one thing that God and I have in common. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> He's a planner. Recall that it took four months from the time that Nehemiah heard the distressing news until he first approached the king for help certainly he was fasting and praying during that time but it is obvious by his quick response to the king that he had thought through everything that he'd need right down to how long it would take him he had never been to jerusalem before he he probably knew the dimensions of the city and and a general idea of what he would need but but because he had prepared because he had planned because he had done his research he was able to speak to the king confidently and say these are the things that i'm going to need we sometimes operate under the false assumption that making a plan means that we don't trust god i might need to say that again we sometimes operate under the false assumption that making a plan means that we do not trust god oh we'll just wait and see what god does well not so making a plan means that 
I'm waiting on God to bring me my moment. This is something I've, I've been listening to a certain uh, message series about the fact that we as Christians need to be good decision makers. So often we think, oh, well, God will just show me what to do. But there's the point of him giving us wisdom and telling us to continually ask for wisdom is that oftentimes he's showing us the right way through things around us and not just going to instantly drop the solution into our mind. So we need to learn how to plan and then wait on God. Nehemiah also did research when he got to Jerusalem. He began to count the cost. So we must count the cost when things look their worst. The vision that God gives becomes more clear when we become face-to-face with our work. Sometimes God speaks to us. He may have spoken to us years ago about something, and we don't understand what it means. We're not quite there yet. But as we begin to prepare, as we begin to step out, as we begin to do what we can do, and we're faced with the circumstance that we have in front of us, we begin to see, oh, that makes sense. It didn't make sense before. I didn't quite understand why it was that God had me do this thing or this thing or this thing. But now that I see where I am, this makes sense. The second thing, second point is request. Ask big We see numerous times within this chapter the large request that Nehemiah made and was not afraid to make. He requested time off, letters of safe passage, enough timber to build two houses and a wall. He received all of this plus an armed transport. He asked for help from the Jewish officials, noblemen, Levites, citizens to undertake the building of of this wall that according to some studies were six and a half feet wide and four and a half miles all the way around. That's a big wall. That's a very large undertaking. But he was not afraid to come before them and say, there's, a, there's something big that we've got to do. Let's do it. The Bible tells us that we have not because we ask not. Unlike Nehemiah and much like Ezra, We attempt to fake our struggles. Mm. We attempt to fake our struggles even in front of those who are genuinely concerned or who could actually help us. We react like Ezra who refused to ask for protection so as not to make God look bad. Well, I I don't need to ask for this because that's like I'm not trusting God. God doesn't need us to come to his defense. He's God no matter what. I can trust him and still need help from those around me. This is one way that he provides. It's like the the little story. The man was drowning and he said, God, come save me. And a, a little tiny boat just floated by and there was a man in the boat and said, Hey, do you, do you need some help? No, thanks. God will save me. And so the boat just went on, and the guy's still there, and he's, oh, God, save me. I'm, I'm going to drown. Save me, save me. And, and then, a, then someone uh, comes by on a surfboard and says, oh, do you want to hop on? No, that's fine. God's going to save me. Okay, and the, the surfer goes on. And then, and then there's a, 
a helicopter that flies overhead and just happens to see him. The helicopter hovers and, and puts down the rope, and, and the helicopter pilot calls down, grab on, you need some help. And he said, no, that's okay, God's going to save me. And the helicopter flew on, and the man drowned. And when he got to heaven, he said, God, I thought you were going to save me. And he said, well, what did you think all those boats and surfboards and helicopters were for? Because so often we're expecting God to just pluck us right up and drop us on the, you know, drop us on, on the shore. But he's sending by lots of people who could be a help to us. And, and our fake, not, not with the intention of being hypocritical, but, but our fake, like, oh, I'm just trying to hold it together kind of attitude keeps us from receiving the help and the comfort that God is trying to give to us. If, in the Greek sense, I serve a God who can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that I can ask or think, why am I thinking and asking so small? Because His ability grows exponentially beyond what I'm able to think or imagine. So if I'm thinking small, then sure, He can do a little bit bigger than that. But if I'm thinking on a huge scale, if I'm thinking grand, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above, and we know that in the Greek all three of those words are the same, so it is multiplied three times. So exceedingly abundantly above, exceedingly abundantly above, exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think, and I'm thinking so small, and I'm saying maybe I can just barely get by, we're going to build something we got to ask big and the third thing is relationships know your people Nehemiah was able to ask from some but not from others he was close with the king there are those higher up who would be willing to help us if we'd ask God gives us favor with those around us with those who have who have a lot and who have the opportunity to to provide in ways that that we can't and God will give us favor with those around us if we'll recognize it Nehemiah only took a few with him to survey the wall I'm going to say something that I want y'all to listen really truly listen and understand this y'all too online Not everyone can be trusted to see you at your worst. Okay? N- not every, it's, it's all right to have friends and acquaintances, that's fine. But not everybody can see you at your worst. All people, and this is not mine, this is, this is from Dr. Derry. All people are equally valuable to God. All people are equally valuable to God, but not everyone adds equal value to your life. Okay. Ouch. It's okay. It's okay that some people won't be the ones to go with you. That's all right. There's a, bless his heart. I got a little friend in one of my classes, and, um, he so desperately wants to be friends with this one other little kid. I, 
I'm not exactly sure why, because that kid's not nice to him ever. And maybe he's just trying to push past that, like, let me just prove to you that I am a cool guy. I, don't, I have no idea why. Because he's friends with other people in the class, but this one kid, he just really wants to be friends with him. And that kid is, he says mean things to him, and, and I'm like, why do you, son, why do you want to be? So I had to call him out in, in the hallway just last week. And, uh, and the, the first kid is like, Miss Williams, he said, I don't want to say any names because, I, you know, people might be. <laughs> I don't know that anyone from work is watching, but if they are. So Miss Williams, he is saying that, that he doesn't like me and that I don't have any friends and that I'm a loser. And I, I said, well, honey, here's the thing. And, it, and he said, well, I'm, I'm really trying to play the games with him, and I was trying to get him to play with me, and he just won't. And I said, honey, here's the thing. It's okay for you not to be friends with him. And he looked at me like he was so confused. I said, we don't have to be friends with everybody. We have to be nice to everybody. Okay? We have to try to get along with everybody. But you're not going to be able to be friends with everybody. And that's okay. So from now on, I need you to play somewhere other than where he's playing. Because if the two of y'all can't get along, or if he's saying hateful, mean things to you, you don't need that. You need to stay away from him. So the thing is, there are some people that we're not going to be able to take along with us in our project of building. And they are valuable, and Lord, save them, and Lord, help them, and Lord, give them strength. And maybe they are valuable to someone else's building. But it's okay. It's okay if not everybody can come along with you. Here we see in these relationships, Nehemiah inspired a whole group of dejected, discouraged Jewish leaders to begin an impossible task because there are some people that only you can reach, only you can inspire. They had been living in that mess for, for over a decade. It was about... 15 to 17 years since Ezra had taken that group into Jerusalem. So they had lived there with that mess for a long, long time. And you may be the one to inspire someone to make a change. And finally on this point, opposition is not a sign that your mission is wrong. Sanballat, Tobiah, and now Geshem show up to cause trouble, which we will see throughout this entire narrative. But understand that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. The enemy will always find a way to oppose progress. So if you're fighting some fights, it may not be that what you're doing is wrong. It may not be that, okay, well, maybe this is, maybe this is God's way of telling me to just stop. no. Maybe it's, it's your chance to fight a little harder. Because we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. The, the enemy will try to throw all sorts of things at us. Discouragement and doubt and opposition and difficulties. He will. He'll try and try and try. But, again, that does not mean that it's not the right thing to do. So, as we close, can we build it? Yes, we can. 
the way to get started is through research. There's no lack of faith in preparedness. Request. I think it was D.L. Moody who said, if God be your partner, make your plans large. I've always loved that quote. It's just, I remember reading that. I don't want to say 30, but 25 years ago. And I just thought, that's so neat. If God be your partner, make your plans large. And the third thing, relationships. Those assigned to you will stay to help you. So today, as the music plays, as the music plays, we're going to stand and ask the Lord to help us, to give us the strength to continue through what it is that he has planned for us to do because he has a plan and a purpose for each and every one of us. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We lift you up. We glorify you. We bless your holy name. God, we are grateful for who and what you are. God, we thank you that you are the master builder, that you have all things already planned out 